Hi and welcome to the French Tech Asia Pacific podcast, where each week we talk to French founders, influencers and policymakers from all across the APEC region. I'm your host, Nikolai Grunwijk, and this week our guest is Adrian Bartel, the co-founder of Sleek, a startup that makes it super easy to start and manage a company here in Singapore, offering hassle-free online services, from the required corporate secretary to accounting and visa services. Sleek helps entrepreneurs save time, allowing them to focus on the things that matter most, building their product and their business. Adrian not only shares the story of how he started Sleek, but also discusses the ease of doing business here in Singapore and why the city-state has become the business hub for the Asian region, attracting entrepreneurs and investors alike. He tells us more about some of the inevitable challenges when expanding from Singapore into the surrounding markets and lets us in on his upcoming expansion and his plans for taking Sleek onto the Hong Kong market. It's my pleasure to present to you Adrian Bartel, co-founder of Sleek. Yeah, so Adrian, uh, I've been around Southeast Asia for now eight years. I literally landed after, after business school uh, in Jakarta. I was the head of e-commerce for Carrefour in Indonesia, so the giant uh, retailer. Uh, so my job there was to build a, an e-commerce platform from A to Z. Um, so which I did, and then we sold uh, dry groceries, so mainly like uh, diapers and rice. Um, so it was fun, actually. I built like a, a big platform when uh, actually Indonesia was really at the middle age of, uh, of the e-commerce. Uh, I made a lot of friends, but I clearly, you know, I didn't want to, ma to, to, to last any longer in a big French company uh, where you need to ask eight people before buying a single pen or a piece of paper. And back then, actually, I, I, I got introduced to an American uh, entrepreneur. So she was based out of Singapore and uh, she had launched this uh, small e-commerce um, platform here uh, in Singapore selling cosmetics. So the, the room was pretty much, you know, like big as the small room that we're in. Uh, there were like five ladies uh, just like, you know, selling, uh, so, um, selling so cosmetics online. Um, and I helped, I joined them to actually open Indonesia. Um, six months after, we were around like 15 people in a house uh, that we were renting to, uh, as an office. Then I moved to Singapore to take care of the, um, the overall uh, sales and marketing operations. Uh, we expanded up to 11 countries. We did a few rounds of fundraising. And eventually in 2015, uh, we sold our baby to the LVMH group to become the uh, e-commerce arm of Sephora in Southeast Asia, Australia and New Zealand. So it was, you know, like selling big lipstick, but at a whole new level. Um, so again, in a corporate world, but it was a strategic acquisition for Sephora. They were, you know, like uh, buying their uh, gateway uh, for the e-commerce. Uh, so it was a, yeah, a, a wedding of reason, I would say, uh, because for us, we, we had access to a gigantic catalog of products. And for them, because they had now the e-commerce facility and the magnificent platform built by our own tech team. So I stayed two years with them and then on the side, because I'm a bit uh, uh, hyperactive, I built two things. So first, the French tech network here in Singapore, because I wanted to make new friends and, you know, like meet new people other than the regular ones that I was, you know, sharing beers and issues with. And then and second, I started to help a few friends in launching companies in Indonesia and Thailand. And uh, with all these companies, actually, things were going really well. So we wanted to raise funds and all the investors told us, OK, guys, we're in, but uh, you have to incorporate a, a holding company in Singapore where we are going to invest. 
And then, you know, uh, let's go. So I incorporated three companies here in Singapore. And um, eventually I realized that, you know, although Singapore is positioning itself as a smart city, digital, blah, 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 uh, the corporate secretary and the economic space was um, very, very like middle-aged again. So papers to sign, um, like emails unresponded for like uh, days, if not weeks, uh, and very, very low efficiency. So because I don't really like, you know, to be super French and just like complain, I decided to actually look for solutions. And I realized that, you know, the, uh, the digital signature was authorized in Singapore. So with my friend uh, and co-founder back then, we were like, okay, that, that's got to be, you know, like a, a new way of doing CorpSec. And eventually we, we decided to actually, you know, build uh, that way. Uh, so this is where we are, Sleek. Uh, we are a platform uh, helping you to incorporate a company in Singapore and to manage all the super sexy stuff. So accounting, admin, governance, uh, tax, payroll, you know, all these, we actually take care of that through the use of technology to go faster, to be cheaper and to also, you know, provide you with a great user experience. Yeah, because as a founder, it is definitely a massive pain point, right? It's yeah. just, it consumes so much time if nothing else, and you're busy mm -hmm. as a founder, well, you're, you're, you're building your product, you're, you're trying to get clients, right? You're, you're doing everything you can, uh, sometimes before incorporating, not sure how that works here, but at least in other countries, that's sometimes what happens. Um, so how was the first market reaction when you, when you launched Sleek? So prior to launching Sleek, like uh, we did our marketing survey, uh, which at the same time, you know, became a pre-business development phase because I spoke to around 150 entrepreneurs here and uh, each time, you know, it was the same question. is okay, how happy are you with your CorpSec and are you able to recommend me to someone? And eventually, like, you know, the 150 guys that I, uh, I interviewed were telling me, Adrian, like, do not take mine, otherwise, you know, you would want to murder me after two months. Oh, so really? that was, you know, like, just like, you know, pre-warming of, uh, like, an audience, which after we uh, targeted. So we started very, very lean, uh, you know, with uh, Google Sheets um, and, uh, and <laughs> very manual, let's say, uh, let's say oper manually based operations. But eventually, you know, we delivered, uh, you know, faster than all the others who were actually quite benevolent in our approach. And also something that really makes us unique is that we are entrepreneurs. We're not lawyers. So we make, you know, we take great pride at not being lawyers. Um, so in other words, we speak the same language. We don't use, you know, fancy words. We are very basic and simple, in, but efficient in, our, in the way we communicate with people. Same for our pricing. It's a flat price per year. Um, so it's not like, you know, uh, an ambush in a restaurant where you need to pay for the water, the bread, speaking to yeah. the waiter and so on. Yeah. With us, it's just like one price, all inclusive, unlimited. So it makes it very transparent, very easy to hop on board. Exactly. Transparent, efficient, and, uh, and yeah, uh, affordable, I would say. So are, are you the only players in this, in this niche right now, or if people come up after you, before you? So we are actually like 600 uh, registered operators in Singapore for the corporate secretary space. But at the, uh, right now, we're only three people you know, doing things digitally. Uh, before our launch, it was one, uh, but that was relying way too much on the platform. Uh, right now, they have left uh, this, uh, this space or this planet. But now, yes, we're actually three operators doing things digitally uh, in Singapore. And that's quite fun. 
So just for the listeners who are not from Singapore, who haven't been through that experience, what makes incorporating a business here in Singapore different from elsewhere in the world? What is this corporate secretary thing? So yeah, for example, so in countries other than the common law, let's say countries, uh, the corporate secretary is like a super admin agent that takes care of your governance, meaning, uh, you know, drafting resolutions, sending them out for signatures and doing the filing at the regulator's level. This is our job. So we take it to a whole new level. So we are doing the basic stuff, but then, you know, we also do some advisory on, let's say, your corporate structuring here in Singapore. And then we also take care of all the connected services, such as accounting, taxes, payroll, employment passes. So we position ourselves really as like a, a, an enabler for entrepreneurs. Uh, we are here to help you save the only commodity that you have, you know, uh, in abundance. So time, uh, you'd, you'd better, you know, spend your time doing Uh, business development or shaping products rather than you know to do admin because for me as an entrepreneur when I look at admin for me it's like a, a loss uh, I waste time doing admin so I'd rather you know give it to someone else so that I can focus on on, on, on what's truly you know good for my business and how much time would you say someone typically loses doing all of this admin stuff if they don't use the service like sleek I'd say um, I cannot count it. It's just that uh, from my past experiences, like people were taking like weeks to reply to my emails, which, you know, uh, was eventually frustrating me a lot, causing me like a lot of, uh, well, yeah, uh, stress sometimes, because when you're late for filings, but you don't know it, and then uh, you receive an email from your corporate secretary the day before the filing. So then you're really like cornerized against the wall with a knife on your throat. Uh, for me, that's not like, uh, you know, how I envision a uh, business. For me, that's, uh, that's more like, a, yeah, uh, someone trying to steal money from me. <laughs> yeah, But that's, exactly. that was like happening a lot. And I, I still hearing, you know, like uh, issues going on. And we do a lot of uh, firefighting. So sometimes we actually rescue companies that are, you know, with uh, other corpsake that don't share the same values as we do. And we're here to really like, you know, help people out. And, uh, and yeah, and uh, yeah, make their life easier with uh, regard to all the admin matters. And I think the fact that, that, that you come from an entrepreneurial background yourself and that you really know that it matters, right? Yeah, and, completely. And what the pain point is that you can truly deliver this kind of service. That's yeah. what people really like, you know. Yeah. And with us, that's, again, the way we communicate, we're really like going straight forward. No, no fat in, you know, like the words, the discussions that we have. We go straight to the point. We're efficient at what we do, uh, or at least, you know, we, we tend to. And this is really like the bread and butter of Slick. It's uh, to go faster and to be more efficient than anybody else and also provide a, a good user experience. Do you get a lot of French clients? So People move here or? we started yeah, with the with quite a lot of French clients because uh, yeah uh, through the French tech network that I was managing right. back then yeah. of course it yeah. was a nice you know pool of people to speak to uh, first of all to get you know customer you know insights or a market survey and then after yeah I reached out to all these guys first um, but now we're more a Southeast Asian you know company. Most of our clients are from Southeast Asia, so Vietnam, Malaysia, Indonesia, Thailand, the Philippines. Uh, we still oh, have like really? a, quite okay. a strong yeah. cl French Singapore-based clients, uh, but that's right now that's a very minor minor part of our portfolio. Okay. I still enjoy, you know, like exchanging with entrepreneurs, uh, French, yeah, obviously, but you know, from wherever they are, they share one thing: their passion for business. And I think, you know, it's it's really like the only noble thing about being a corporate secretary. Uh, you're you speak with people with mm. you know plenty of projects, and that's really what excites me. Uh, is that everybody comes with a project and we help, you know, the, the first step, so the, really the ignition of the, of the project. Right. 
So it's it's interesting to note that most of your growth is actually here from the region, right? Yeah, it really proves that it's not just um, Europeans coming to Singapore and being confused by paperwork oh, and no, not knowing no, no, no. The, the system. It's a real pain point shared by all entrepreneurs, no matter where they're from. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is Singapore, just to talk more about being an entrepreneur here in Singapore, what's it like being an entrepreneur in Singapore for, for someone listening to this in France, for example? So uh, in Singapore, compared to France, uh, I'd say that everything goes uh, way, way, way faster. Um, like here, people are really here to do business. Singapore is like, yeah, you're a Disney for business. Uh, mm -hmm. So you can reach out to pretty much anyone on LinkedIn and eventually, you know, end up uh, ending up like grabbing coffee the day after uh, to discuss about projects. So. We were lucky enough to actually, you know, meet with uh, angel investors this way, like, you know, pinging them on LinkedIn the day after coffee, two weeks after, like, you know, meeting, and then three weeks after, boom, uh, positive feedback uh, to, for them to invest. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, that's I, unheard of, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, to be extremely honest, yeah. when, when I actually started to do such a thing, I was not expecting, you know, the reactions and the, the responses I had. Obviously, you know, I was not like sending out the deck at first. I was, no, of course. Yeah. I was yeah. quite subtle in my approach yeah. saying, hey, so this is what we're building. We'd love to hear you, uh, you know, you your views on that because we value you, uh, your opinion as like an industry leader or as like a C-level of, of a certain company. But eventually, you know, people are here in a more like, uh, let's say, Western slash American way. Uh, they love the concept of power pause, uh, meaning to spend 30 minutes uh, on a daily basis or a weekly basis with a stranger uh, to, you know, you or to your industry. Because, well, it can be interesting to meet new people uh, or you never know, you know, what's uh, going to be tomorrow, what's going to be like tomorrow. Uh, you might, you know, end up be like working with that person that reached out to you for like, a, yeah, this concept for shipping or for blockchain or for, I don't know, intellig artificial intelligence or fintech. Here, people are here for business. So the more curious you are, the more opportunities you will actually encounter on your way. So, yeah. That's a very good point, actually. I think that's very, that's a... Um curiosity of Singapore that I really like. I, I, I was in um, New York before moving to Paris and in New York is a little bit like that. Mm -hmm. You can meet people easily and network and in many ways Paris, at least when I was living there, wasn't. And I tried to reach out to people in the beginning. It was a little bit more difficult. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's partly due to the fact that in France we're a bit more like closed, but yeah, you need yeah. to have like an intro from that guy that actually I value uh, before, exactly. you know, yeah. getting into my, uh, my office and also speaking. Here it's more like really like open. You get you get connections on a daily basis, and then you know it's 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 a yes or no. It's yes, uh, I see a fit in actually speaking to you or spending 30 minutes of my time with you, or no, sorry, I don't have time, or no, uh, you should you'd rather you know speak to that guy. So people here, are, I'd say, benevolent and also quite opportunist, co-opportunist. For me, it goes you know the same yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Help yeah. others, and then at some point, others will actually help you. Yeah, yeah, pay it forward, right? Yeah. It's a very entrepreneurial, very Silicon Valley thing to do in the end. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons that really makes Singapore a great place. And, and, and one of the reasons why I think they will go far in making this a startup city, right? If, if that pay it forward attitude really takes hold. Exactly. It's yeah. a pay it forward. And it's also like, um, yeah, we're open for business and everybody's really here to actually like build exciting stuff and quickly and just like, you know, well, successfully build uh, new ventures. So eventually, as everyone is walking in the same direction, um, it should be quite easy also to hop on board. That said, at the same time, it's super easy to build, but it's also super easy to fall. Um, you know, it's very liberal. Um, you can win a lot of clients, but at the same time, everything right. you know can be shut it down in, in no time. 
uh, you can hire people very very easily and then you can also like uh, stop working relationships very very quickly so it's you know uh, very extreme on both sides i would say is that a two-way street when it comes to hires for example for a startup um, it can be quite important you know the first people that you get on board the first 10 people mm -hmm. that you make a part of, of your team i couldn't agree more um, do you think there's uh, that, that loyalty towards to, towards the startup is different here differently perceived here compared to the us and compared to europe are, are people quicker to jump question. jump ship or i'd say that you have like really two kind of people you have really those uh like the the monk soldiers so those those that really you know believe in your concept and uh, they, they, okay obviously they would not give your their lives you know for, for your concept because they're not the founders but at least you know they really believe in, in what you're building and they're eventually they're really super excited about it so they, they they're going to follow you not blindly obviously not but they'll give like their best and then at some at the same time and unfortunately they are the majority on this market here in singapore you have people that are a little bit more opportunist so if yes uh, someone else is giving them like yeah uh, a little bit more salary on a monthly basis they would eventually jump ship very very quickly um, so yeah that's I'd say like one of the biggest pain point here, it's like one, to find good talents and second, it's also to retain them. To keep them, yeah. So it's very important to speak to them a lot, to interact a lot and to get, you know, like feedbacks uh, on a yeah monthly basis. So I think that one of the ways they try to solve that in the US where the problem is quite similar, I guess, right? In the sense that, that it's easier for people to not be there when you come into the office on Monday morning. Um, I guess they try to solve that with culture to a very large extent, build a great culture. Um, how does that reality of the Singaporean talent market re reflect in your management style, for example, and the way you try to approach things here? So I'd say obviously, you know, the company culture is super important. Um, so we worked a lot on it at the very, very beginning, really to, you know, like implicate people and to make them feel part of, you know, what we're building. Right. Eventually after, um, as you grow, uh, you'll have less monk soldiers, but you have then after the mercenaries. So people that actually come on board eventually for like a nicer salary or because they know that they're extremely skilled. So they, they're not going to, you know, like bargain down their price. So at some point, you know, there is a mix of one, yes, culture definitely. But then at some point also, you know, right. how how much are you willing to pay? Singapore is an expensive city. So you need to also like, uh, you know, make a bit of money to then make your way through it. So. Yeah, it's, I'd say it's a mix of culture and also a bit more pragmatically yeah. money. Yeah. So one of the things we mentioned earlier was that the growth for Sleek is coming out of the region uh, to a very large extent. Is that also because Singapore is the gateway to Southeast Asia? At least that's the way it's perceived, right? Exactly. So like, it, uh, it's, it's a fact. Huh? Singapore is the only stable, uh, clean, clear jurisdiction. Um, if you take a region, let's say going from Dubai to like the middle of the Pacific and excluding Australia and New Zealand, um, there are some constraints or some you know doubts about Hong Kong. Uh, I don't share these, but you know people are a bit scared uh, about this uh, jurisdiction. But Singapore is a very like stable. Uh, let's say country and jurisdiction so eventually for Southeast Asia you look at uh, if, if you look at all the surrounding countries all the SMEs all the funds all the conglomerates they all have vehicles they all have entities they all have their funds here in Singapore so that's you know what I, the example I was mentioning you know even at a very very early stage on seed, seed stage startups 
um, the funds are asking you to incorporate a holding in Singapore. So if you translate it to the size of Europe, uh, it's like, you know, a VC in Estonia, Spain or the UK would ask you, okay, incorporate a holding in Luxembourg and then we would happily invest there. But not in Estonia, not in Spain, not in France, not in the UK. Everything happens in this small, you know, piece of, uh, yeah, um, nice, uh, let's say, tax landscape and, uh, you know, nice, uh, let's say, stable jurisdiction. Everything happens here. Yeah, exactly. So it's easy to start here, part thanks to you. It's it's quite yeah. easy actually, yeah. and it's um, if you compare let's say Southeast Asia, I mean Singapore compared to the, the rest of Southeast Asia, it's like uh, day and night. Uh, here it's yeah. extremely simple and super fast to incorporate a company. If you go to Indonesia, it's a whole new story. Oh, yeah, I've heard stories. It yeah. takes you like six months to yeah, a year yeah. to incorporate a company there, same as the Philippines, but um, it's it's very different. Yeah, and is it? Would you say it's it's easy to grow from Singapore? Being based in Singapore, is it easy to grow into Southeast Asia, or is that do people often? So I mean, I've been around for a bit of time, and now I've seen like you know how people come. Singapore is definitely like the first step for their Southeast Asia, you know, expansion plan. So they come here, they literally have a small office with one or two guys that then you know fly around the region to actually evangelize with the products or to sell it directly. <laughs> Eventually, at some point, they'll uh, they'll have a rep office or a representative office in Indonesia, in Thailand, in Malaysia, uh, to then you know get closer to the client because Singapore it's five million inhabitants, it's a very very small market. Okay, high spending but very very small market. If you look at Indonesia, for example, it's 270 million people, a huge middle class that just like is begging you know uh, like international providers to then you know serve Indonesia. They want to to buy, they want to consume, so. It's only by getting closer to the clients, to the end clients, that actually you'll get a chance to get a piece of the cake. Uh, so yes, uh, the end game, I think, is really to go into these countries. And that's the chapter two of your Southeast Asian book. And that's probably like the biggest one and the one that will actually cause you more gray hair than actually coming to Singapore. Right, exactly. Yeah, Because there's still a, a large um, perceived barrier, I would say, amongst some French entrepreneurs back in Paris, for example, I've discussed with saying, okay, we want to go into Asia. Mm -hmm. These are discussions that I've had, uh, but where are we, where are we going to go? How's it going to happen? Is it going to be difficult? Whereas actually in reality, it, it, it could be feasible to set up shop here and to see how it goes and to get a business developer out and to make something happen here. And mm -hmm. um, do you think the difficulty of, of making that jump is overestimated because people don't know enough about Singapore? No, uh, yeah, I think in general, you know, people from the West are like a bit scared about Asia because it's it's mainly like due to ignorance. Uh, and that's not like a, a very negative. It's just like people yeah. don't know about Asia. So, yes, it's a very, very different culture, um, very, very different roots, different religions, different languages and so on. Fortunately, Singapore is like, I would say, the closest uh, country to Europe or to the West than I mean, compared to like the, the other countries of the region. So here, yeah, English is, you know, uh, one of the official language. It's very easy to set up a shop. It's very easy to live. If you look at Indonesia, for example, it's 17,000 islands, 270 million inhabitants. It's a new, whole new language. Uh, in Jakarta, people barely speak, you know, English. Um, and then after, you'll always be like a foreigner. So it's very different to understand first, you know, how the society works, how the companies actually are working, how to do business there. It takes really a lot of time, lots of gray hair, lots of failures, but eventually yeah, a nice victory at the end of the tunnel, if you make it. And yeah, I've seen yeah. many companies, you know, going there with their European mindset, not listening to like, you know, the recommendations, nor to the locals actually advising them. Right. And they all failed. 
because they didn't you know take the local approach they didn't listen to the locals uh, so eventually if you want to deploy your systems into indonesia into so like the uh, more dev developing markets in Southeast Asia, it's going to take time sweat uh, but you'll eventually win more in actually listening and taking time to actually you know connecting yourself to the local ecosystem and really um, you know building your approach from the ground there I think one of that's also one of the great things uh, that French tech does, right? For people who are trying to come into Asia and trying to establish a presence here, that it's easy to find someone who has gone through that experience. Um, so you mentioned earlier that you, you're the person that started French tech Singapore, right? Can you tell a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, having been around for quite some time, um, like I had plenty of people, you know, reaching out to me f through friends uh, from France. So they were quite interested to, you know, like do a bit of tourism. I mean, to shop around in Southeast Asia, a few funds, a few startups. And like eventually all I was always getting the same questions. Okay, how is it to set up? Where should I go and, you know, get my first customers? How is the landscape for the ad tech in Indonesia? How is the fintech world in Malaysia? So uh, obviously I'm not connected to everyone. So uh, right, yeah, yeah. So I was looking for you know like connections, and I realized that well, connecting people was something that I really enjoyed uh, because I was making new friends and also I was learning new things. So I decided to actually you know gather two other friends because I didn't want to do to start this by my, on my own, and we we wanted to position the French tech network here in Singapore as like really a platform for people to exchange ideas or to you know like connect uh, and to also help the French companies coming from Europe to actually do business in Southeast Asia. Indonesia, for example, is so specific that you definitely need to speak to a lot of people from the ground, from right. the industry, before actually yeah. setting up. So that's what we started to do in Singapore. That's what you now you know people are doing in Indonesia, in Vietnam, in Thailand, in Malaysia. There are really similar initiatives. And eventually we build this network through which we just connect benevolently people. We don't charge for that. It's you. It's entirely, you know, like really uh, pure, genuinely benevolent connections, you know, made uh, among entrepreneurs and investors. Right, exactly. And that speaks towards that paid forward attitude that we mentioned earlier. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's really one of the most important things. And I, I, I think that's also part of what we're trying to do now with the podcast, right? We're trying to establish, we're trying to further build on this platform that we've established here in Singapore and help make it even easier for people to find out at least what's going on, um, get a little bit of information on the people here who are here on the ground, um, on the local ecosystem, and get started from there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so is it going to be Singapore for you for the for the foreseeable future? So we're opening an office in Hong Kong next month. So I'll be spending quite a lot of time there. And uh, yeah, I'll be in between Singapore and Hong Kong. But um, moreover, like uh, throughout my life, I've been like moving countries and, and cities right. every three to four years. So at the very beginning, it was a torture that my parents were actually inflicting me. Uh, Eventually, yeah. you know, after high school and business school, uh, now I'm actually like uh, highly, you know, uh, impacted by this virus. So every like three to four years, I really like to actually uh, change places and, uh, you know, change a bit like the habits. So I was before in a big corporate selling lipstick. Now I changed uh, completely differently <laughs> and I'm selling legal <laughs> services at a, at a much smaller level with a startup. But I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about um, achieving freedom uh, or just, you know, building things that uh, you're happy with and just like waking up in the morning with a smile. So uh, that's that's what I do. <laughs> I think that's something that a lot of our listeners can definitely relate to, right? That's why we're entrepreneurs up to a very large extent. Yeah. 
to do something meaningful, to have purpose and to be free, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So Hong Kong, that's exciting, right? Yeah, very exciting. Whole new market. Uh, pretty yeah. similar to Singapore in terms of like regulation. But um, yeah, plenty of issues uh, to actually, you know, uh, to find solutions to. That's that's what, you know, keeps me awake at night. And also that's what keep me, <laughs> keeps me exciting during yeah. the day. So yeah, we're going there full on. Uh, we already have like, you know, the plan in place. Um, so yeah, it's going to be fun. Is that a whole different kind of problem or are, 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 are things quite comparable? Are the similar, are the pain points sort of similar or is the, it? The pain points are exactly the same and the regulation is very, very close, except that, you know, Hong Kong is a market that is 10 times bigger yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. with 10 times more uh, operators on our market. But there is only one guy that does it, you know, online there. So that's going to be quite exciting to go and see. Uh, and, you know, like, yeah, uh, evolve with them on the same market. That's a natural next step for you, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we had clients, Hong Kong-based clients, for whom we opened Singapore companies that asked us to actually go there. We have Singapore-based clients uh, asking us to go there. So, you know, everything is pointing in the same direction. So eventually, you know, you have to follow what your clients are also asking you to. Yeah, exactly. If everybody tells you to go there. Not blindly. I mean, it took right. us quite quite some time to actually decide and, and to make the move. But mm. uh, eventually, at some point, yeah, you need to pull the trigger and uh, just, yeah, go. Oh, that's terrific. And now here in Singapore, you have this wonderful office, right? Great open space. Yeah, so we're in a small uh, shop house. So we have like two levels. Uh, we're a team of 45. Um, so we like quickly run yes. into the you know space uh, issue. So we took uh, another like office around the corner. Um, so it's just a matter of yeah, keeping the office quite cool, uh, startup you know style, and, uh, and yeah, just grow. You know, to keep on building exciting products yeah. because that's, you know, uh, what keeps me uh, excited uh, just to see the like, customers satisfied with the, the way we're tackling the issues that they were facing in the past. And we have some very exciting also like, you know, new uh, widgets and new features that we want to add on our platform to, again, you know, bring more mm. satisfaction and to take away, um, uh, I mean, to just to, 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 to have entrepreneurs, to have our clients, you know, spend more time doing, you know, what they really like and what they're good at instead of, you know, wasting their time with the admin. That's, that's really like, we're an enabler. Uh, the least you will, yeah. you will interact with us, so the more we succeed at our job, um, yeah, it keeps the customer happy. So stop wasting time and build amazing things. Exactly. That's terrific. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you.